Thursday, August the 5th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, WHO slams booster shots and American moles opening to vaccinated visitors. First, the world in brief. The World Health Organization called for a two-month moratorium on booster shots because of concerns over vaccine hoarding by rich countries. France, Germany and Israel plan to triple jab the elderly and immunocompromised, even as poor countries struggle to source enough first shots. The WHO wants to see at least a tenth of the population of every country fully vaccinated by the end of September. In an effort to reopen America's borders, the White House is developing a plan to require that all foreign arrivals have been vaccinated. Most visitors are currently banned. The European Commission has huffed at a ban on arrivals from Europe, the bloc opened to Americans in June. Elsewhere, England loosened entry requirements from France, so tourists vaccinated in Britain, the EU or America will no longer have to quarantine. People booked $21.9 billion worth of Ubers during the past quarter, doubled the figure for the same period last year, a portentous sign that rich world economies are quickly opening up again. Nonetheless, the ride-hailing income food delivery firm posted a loss of $509 million. That is mainly because tight labour markets are forcing it to take a lower share of drivers' fares. Mexico sued 11 American gun manufacturers and suppliers, alleging that negligence by the companies facilitated the flow of weapons over the border. The Mexican government argues that the guns have ended up in the hands of drug cartels and fueled violence throughout the country. An American law passed in 2005 shields gun makers from most civil lawsuits such as this one. Brazil increased its key interest rate by a percentage point, its largest upward yank for 18 years. The country's central bank hopes that by raising the CELIC rate to 5.25%, it can curb inflation, which has surpassed 8% over the past 12 months. The Brazilian real has fallen by more than 20% against the dollar since the start of the pandemic. Robinhood's share price soared before slipping back a bit in afternoon trading. The online brokerage, which spawned the meme stock phenomenon, disappointed at its own listing last week. But news that Cathy Wood of ARK Invest, a closely watched fund, had bought lots of shares probably aided its ascent. It has risen 50% since Tuesday and now trades above its offer price. American bankruptcies in the year through June fell to their lowest levels since 1985, defying predictions of a COVID-induced spike. Filings were down 18% among firms and 33% among individuals from the previous year. Generous unemployment benefits and an eviction freeze eased pressure on households while businesses borrowed heavily and leaned on government support to stay afloat. And fact of the day. In 2004, a piece of gum spat out by Britney Spears, a former pop star, was auctioned on eBay for $14,000. And now here's today's agenda. Two steps back. Iran's new president. Few Iranian presidents have assumed office in such a mood of despondency. Out goes Hassan Rouhani, a cleric who studied in Britain and worked to normalise ties with the West. In comes Ibrahim Raisi, a more cloistered cleric who sees isolation and staunch religious nationalism as the regime's salvation. Mr Raisi faces many challenges. The theocracy is struggling to provide COVID-19 vaccines, water and electricity. In the hot summer, these privations are sparking unrest. Its Praetorian Guard, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, often acts like a force unto itself, fostering militias across the region and, most recently, according to America, conducting a drone attack on a shipping tanker. 
Most worrying, Iran has also suspended talks in Vienna on a nuclear deal and accelerated uranium enrichment beyond the levels required for civilian use. This could be a bid to improve Iran's bargaining hand if negotiations resume. Most analysts, though, fear it augurs darker times. Chips away. The car industry's semiconductor shortage. The internal combustion engine is being superseded as the beating heart of a car by the electronics that control safety and infotainment systems. So a shortage of semiconductors has hit the car industry hard. Recent results from car makers show the damage caused by under-ordering in anticipation of a much slower recovery in vehicle sales. Stellantis, for example, says it will make 1.4 million fewer cars than expected in 2021 as it struggles to source chips. A big Stellantis shareholder is a part owner of The Economist's parent company. Overall, the global car industry may manufacture 5 million fewer vehicles than planned. To prevent any repeat of the current shortage, car makers are likely to seek closer ties with chip makers. They currently sit well down in the supply chain. They may even start to design their own chips to ensure their vehicle's vital organs keep functioning. Car makers of the future will have to become more like tech firms. Easier in hindsight. Inflation and the Bank of England. Today's meeting of the Bank of England's Rate-Setting Monetary Policy Committee is unlikely to result in much change. Investors are eagerly anticipating new forecasts from Britain's central bank all the same. Some feel the MPC has a lot of explaining to do. Just three months ago, the bank predicted that inflation would overshoot its 2% target briefly towards the end of the year. But inflation has now been above 2% since May. Many forecasters predict that it will rise to around 4% by the autumn. The MPC will probably be prepared to endure a period of higher inflation if committee members believe it to be temporary, as they did in 2011 when inflation briefly rose above 5%. The decision today will ultimately be guided by inflation expectations and underlying pay growth in the labour market, which are currently running at around 2% annually. Neither is yet giving grounds for concern. Politics as normal a Tanzanian opposition leader on trial. When Samia Suluhu Hassan became Tanzania's first female president in March, optimists hoped for a break with their predecessor, John Magafoli, who died in March. Nicknamed the quote, bulldozer, Magafoli damaged the country's fragile democracy with his autocratic tendencies, while letting his people die as he stubbornly denied COVID-19's seriousness. On the second count at least, Miss Samia has been an improvement. Last week, she was publicly inoculated kicking off a nationwide drive. But evidently, she shares Magafoli's contempt for democratic politics. On July 21st, Freeman Mbawe, the leader of Tanzania's main opposition party, was arrested and later charged with terrorism and economic sabotage, unbailable offences in the country. He and his party, Chadema, have denounced the charges as politically motivated and he has petitioned the High Court to declare his arrest and arraignment unconstitutional. Today, he appears in court for a hearing. Many following the proceedings will be judging Miss Samir rather than Mr Mbawe. Ropes at the ready. Climbing at the Olympics. How do you devise a competition to identify the best climber in the world? The Olympics selects its first male medalists in sport climbing today, having chosen to amalgamate three disciplines into a single event. The winner will be the climber who fares best across speed, bouldering and lead climbing. Many in the climbing community think it's unfair to combine such different skills. 
In speed, climbers must ascend a 15-meter wall with identical holds in the fastest time, which requires pure power. In bouldering, competitors must traverse a previously unseen route across a 4.5-meter wall in 4 minutes to test their problem-solving skills. And in lead, contenders must try to get as high as possible on a higher than 15-meter wall in a single attempt. This requires additional precision. Some critics might be happier in 2024. Anticipate climbing success. The organizers of the next Olympics have already committed to spinning out speed climbing into a separate event. Summer Quiz Week 3 Up for another battle with our baristas in a summer quiz. For Week 3, we'll again serve up a daily question. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm BST on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Thursday. Which game, played on an 8x8 board, involves players trying to quote, flip the tokens of their opponent from black to white or vice versa? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Toni Morrison, who died on this day in 2019. The ability of writers to imagine what is not the self, to familiarise the strange and mystify the familiar, is the test of their power. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 